Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and today we've got a great interview for you and, and probably one of the more unique interviews that we've ever had on the podcast. Uh, today I'm talking with Tom Vincent. He's the founder of Texas Coffee School. And when I heard Texas Coffee School, I said, who knew? Um, but it's a really interesting business. We're going to dive into it today. It's located out in uh, Dallas, Fort Worth area. And Tom and his team have developed a really unique and really impactful, uh, what they call the uh, Coffeepreneur Program that um, has really evolved over the last decade. They have literally helped hundreds of people from all over the world disconnect from the corporate rat race and start their own independent coffee shop businesses. And um, it just is the most fascinating thing. I love different businesses and figuring out what people have come up with for unique ideas. And this is one of the most unique that I've, I've seen. And so I'm excited for Tom to be here. So Tom, welcome to the Unstoppable CEO. It's great to be here, Steve. So I, I've been looking forward to this. Um, and and I think I've, I've consumed plenty of coffee today, so we should be good. Uh, but uh, you've got a really unique business. I'm, I'm anxious to kind of dive in more. Before we get into the details, can you give us a little bit of background on you and kind of how you've, you've evolved into this stage of your career? Yeah, so it, it's sort of a, a funny story. Um, I got into this business completely and totally by accident. I literally got on the right elevator one day. Um, I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, I was an advertising agency um, creative director. And I got onto um, the elevator to go into work, and a couple of guys from uh, a pretty major uh, independent uh, coffee roasting company got onto the elevator with me and invited me to go to um, a, a thing called a coffee cupping. And if you're not familiar with with that, it, think of it kind of like a wine tasting, but with coffee and your physically capable of going back to work afterwards. But um, in any case, I was there till midnight uh, the night before. Um, and I was like, you know, I'm going to blow off this morning traffic meeting to go try this coffee cupping thing. This sounds interesting. So uh, I go to this meeting and or this this cupping and I remember tasting things in coffee that, that I'd never experienced before. I remember one of them tasted kind of like, uh, like blueberries and one almost like raspberry jam and uh, one of them even had like a green pepper chocolate thing going on. And I was by no means a, a coffee connoisseur uh, at all at this point. I was just totally like a, you know, like big chain, you know, latte kind of guy at the time, but nothing special. Um, but anyway, I um, became friends with these guys and wound up kind of going back every um, Friday to cup coffee with them and see what was new. And eventually they hired on a new guy and um, invited me to kind of go through his training with him. And somehow that turned into a two-year apprenticeship. And I, I say apprenticeship loosely. Essentially, I just wouldn't leave and no one would kick me out. So <laughs> it, it just kind of worked out. But um, I was just sort of fortunate. I, I kind of feel like I hit the coffee lottery because um, I had some pretty incredible mentors. You know, one of uh, my mentors went on to be a, a major quality control component uh, for Starbucks. One of my um, uh, people that I, I, I learned from in this company uh, the, the roasting company is now the symposium director of the Specialty Coffee Association. And uh, one of my other mentors is now one of the, the main judges in the um, U.S. barista competition. Yes, there is such a thing, if you're wondering. <laughs> and um, in, in any case, um, 
it was just purely for fun. And I moved out to uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area around 2008, uh, just in time uh, for the bubble to burst. I came out here to be the creative services director at a, uh, a big magazine. I kind of wanted to change gears a little bit. And um, I got here and I was employed for about seven months. And then one day I was uh, called into my boss's office and I was notified I was being uh, let go. And um, it kind of caught me off guard, um, as it did for uh, 75% of the rest of the company that day. They, they laid off a lot of us and um, found myself out of work. Um, it was a pretty difficult time. I, mean, I was able to get like little freelance gigs here and there, but anybody in advertising will recall that time was a, a very difficult time. And um, I found myself um, in a pretty tricky situation. So I got to the point where I really didn't have much money left. I really didn't have uh, any iron in the fire for like a, a legitimate, you know, full-time gig. And um, I eventually got to the point where I was, um, I was hanging out in the labor pool and I was jumping in the back of uh, pickup trucks to go move rocks all day uh, in the glorious 115 degree Texas heat for $50 um, selling plasma. Um, it, needless to say, it was a, it was a pretty low point for me going from uh, being this, you know, big shot creative director guy to seven months later having pretty much having to sell everything, including my car and just not having any, any money and, and having to work in the labor pool. Um, and in any case, um, I got pretty, I got into a pretty dark place uh, mentally. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, like I've got to do something to right the ship here because I don't know how far this, this could, this could go. And um, anyway, so I was like, you know, I am really tired of eating ramen noodles and, and mac and cheese. And in fact, I even remember like my mom would like um, send me like Campbell's soup in the mail sometimes. Um, but in any case, um, I remember jumping on my bicycle and saying, I'm going to go to Boston Market and get myself exactly one chicken leg because that's all I had enough money for. Uh, and I'm on my way to the Boston Market. And um, as I get into that little shopping center, I noticed this coffee shop in there that I'd never seen before. And I'm like, man, coffee. It had been quite a while since I had had coffee. And uh, I was like, you know, Technically, there's there's protein in a cappuccino, so I go in. I was like, I'm gonna forego the chicken leg, and I, I order myself a, a cappuccino. And um, the barista just starts making a mess, it's, you know, just like splashing milk everywhere and just destroying. It. I'm like, awesome, dude. That's uh, it's like my last three bucks. Um, but I asked him. I was like, you know, do you guys ever uh, ever do coffee cuppings here or latte art throwdowns or? barista competitions he's like no do you do that and I was like well I mean I used to and he's like really he's like okay uh, he's like do you teach and I was like as a matter of fact I do <laughs> um <laughs> that, that was literally the genesis of Texas coffee school he's like do you have a website and I was like I will by Sunday um and I literally did by Sunday uh have a website and, and this is no joke I went back on Monday like hey I have a website and they were out of business um but that's where it started, and it was me and uh, uh, a Rubbermaid bin and my $159 home espresso machine that I had um, back from when times were still good and my little grinder, and I was going around to doctors and lawyers' houses on the weekends teaching them how to make, uh, make espresso in their kitchen with their buddies, and um, that picked up a little bit of steam, and 
around this time, uh, a girl that I used to work with at the magazine reached out to me uh, and she was just like, hey, I've, I've got some friends that are um, in the process of opening a, a coffee shop down in Dallas and they could really use help from, you know, someone, you know, with the amount of experience that you've got in coffee and with the amount of passion you've got for it. And I was just like, yeah, okay. So I reached out to these ladies and um, I got invited to come down and help them uh, and went to one of their houses and, and showed them how to make coffee in their kitchen and, and taught them, you know, everything that I knew and then um, helped them with, you know, some equipment selection and helped them all the way through, you know, the opening and staff training and uh, first several months when being open. And next thing you know, like all these different publications around Dallas are reviewing this place as the, the best coffee shop in, in DFW. And I was like, holy cow, like, this is crazy. And so um, right around that same time, I'd also gotten an email from this company that made all these all natural, you know, flavored syrups and, and sauces and stuff like that. And they're like, Hey, can we, can we send you some samples? And I'm just like, like me, the, the rubber made bin guy, like, yeah, <laughs> I felt like so uh, special and important. Um, but I noticed in the lady's email signature, it said Arlington, Texas. I'm like, wait, I literally live like right down the street from you. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll come to you. And so I go and I take a tour of their warehouse. It was very exciting, pellets full of, of syrup. But um, as we're coming out of the warehouse through the break room, I noticed they had a professional espresso machine sitting there and a professional espresso grinder and a refrigerator. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, what do, you, what do you do with all this stuff? And they're like, well, you know, it's for doing product demos and, and you know, it's our break room too. I'm like, interesting. I was like, uh, what, what do you do with this stuff on the weekends? And they're like, well, nothing. We're at home. And I'm like, how often would you say you do product demos? And they're like, once a month if we're lucky. I'm like, okay. How would you like to do a product demo every weekend? And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm just like, well, let me teach my classes out of your break room uh, on the weekends and, uh, and I'll demo your product. And so they're like done and done. So exit the Rubbermaid era and enter the break room era of uh, Texas Coffee School. Um, and then from there, I wound up helping what's now one of the, the major Dallas uh, staples. There's a, a shop down in Dallas called Oddfellows. Um, and I was involved with them, helping them get their business off the ground. And next thing you know, they're getting their view as the best coffee shop in DFW. And around the same time, I ended up getting a, a student in from my first student in from out of state. Um, her name is Sylvia, and uh, she was actually legit from Italy, so pressure was on at this point, and she wanted to open an espresso and gelato bar and um, helped her and her, her business partner, and, and next thing you know, they're getting reviewed as, you know, best uh, best coffee shop in, in uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, and then fast forward today, goodness, that's it's happened hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. Uh, we've had students fly in from literally all over the world, as far away now uh, as Kathmandu, Nepal, uh, China, um, Korea, El Salvador, Guatemala, uh, Russia, Dubai, Nigeria, and obviously, you know, U.S. and Canada. And um, it's just pretty crazy, you know, how many people's lives we've been able to affect and, and, and help um, in this process. That's that's just an amazing story, uh, <laughs> and I, I'll tell you, um, you know, I talk to all kinds of entrepreneurs, and, and almost everybody has a crazy, you know, story. And a lot of times, what spurs someone to really create a very unique and and uh, and and very successful business is being pinned against the wall and and really having no other place to go. Um, and, and it sounds like you were sort of at that place. So 
as you sort of think through that evolution that you just described, I mean, it had to be, there had to be days even beyond the, the labor pool days, but there had to be days when you're taking your, your rubber box around town where you're going like, what am I doing? How is this ever going to work? Where, you know, there, there had to be those days of doubt. How do you, if somebody else is listening to this and trying to put a business together, this is the thing that I, I think is the most interesting is try to figure out how do you deal with that kind of doubt and push past it? And, you know, when you were dealing with that, was there anything in particular that kept you going? Um, you know, I, I've really thought about this a lot and it, it's really a handful of things for me personally. Uh, I'll be honest, um, Steve, at, at the time I was just, too stupid to, to know um, that this was just, this, this was crazy. I just needed to survive um, at that point. Um, I, I'll be honest, you know, I, I came out of school, I mean, years ago thinking that I was, I was really hot stuff and um, I got knocked down uh, some major, major pegs after, after what I went through um, with being let go and, and all of that. And, and I was just purely in survival mode. And since nothing else was working, I just, I needed to do something. But what was interesting uh, about this particular process um, is I remember that something inside of me just kept telling me like that you're on the right path. This every fiber of my being told me like, this is right for me. I, this, I need to keep doing this. And, um, everybody I knew thought I was insane. Most people think I still am insane. insane. In <laughs> fact, it's, it's awesome to go to a dinner party, uh, and try to explain what, what I do. And everyone's like, uh, Oh, you own a coffee school. How's that going? I'm go way the hell better than your cubicles going for you. I talk about what I love to talk about all day, every single day. Yeah. Uh, but, but to digress, um, you know, where my mentality really shifted, I'm able to kind of trace back to a specific moment. Um, and this, this moment really changed my entire trajectory. And it was when I was on a phone call with my mom um, after I had been out of work for about seven months or so. And I was at my really lowest of lows. And um, so when I was a kid, uh, we didn't have a lot of money. Um, I remember my mom just always budgeting every penny that her and my dad made to make ends meet. And I remember how hard both my mom and dad worked every day, you know, sometimes several jobs just so I wouldn't have to go without. And I remember my mom always saying like, we didn't have a lot of money and we're not like the rich people. And um, I remember wondering why, to be honest with you, like my parents were doing everything right. You know, they, they worked their butts off. They, they proved themselves. They, they earned good positions in, in good companies, but at the end of the day, they, they still didn't get paid very much and we were still really poor. And I remember when I was at my, my, just my lowest of lows and, and talking to my mom on the phone and, and she was telling me that I needed to find a new job with, um, you know, with, with, better job security and benefits and retirement. And at that moment, something sort of clicked in my mind. And I thought, you know, like they, they did everything that society told them was right. You know, they, they always put in 110% yet they're, you know, at retirement age and, and they're still struggling. And, and I didn't want that. Um, you know, when I was, when I was ready to tire, retire and, um, 
I didn't want some corporate company to be in control of my life just to have, you know, next to nothing to show for it when I was at retirement age. And that was the day I realized that, you know, I needed, I needed to do something different, um, you know, than what I was told to do by, by my parents and, and my loved ones, you know, um, for my entire life. And, um, not having to go through what my parents were going through is one of my core motivations for, for pushing through. That was, that was one of them. Um, but something else too, and, and I thought about this a lot. And, you know, after this conversation, I really began to reflect inward. And something I kept coming back to was early on in grade school. Um, I'll be honest, I was, I was a horrible student. Um, I had an extremely hard time with reading. Um, I was made fun of a lot because I wasn't very smart and um, nobody had high expectations for me. And it turns, it turns out I, I have ADD and um, that wasn't really widely known or, or talked about back then. And I was just the, the dumb kid and I wasn't able to focus when reading a book. You know, I, I could, I could tell you everything I was thinking about when I was reading the book, but I couldn't tell you what was actually in the book. Um, but you know, in fact, interesting, it wasn't until I discovered audiobooks and podcasts that my entire trajectory in life changed and I became a sponge and I wanted to learn as much as I could. And, and to this day, I still listen to a new audiobook pretty much every week. Um, but something I realized later um, in life is that, you know, when I'm interested in something, I'm, I'm able to focus 100% of myself on that thing. And I study everything I possibly can uh, about it to get as good at it as I possibly can really quickly. And something my wife pointed out to me is, is that every hobby I get into, I become incredibly good at it very, very quickly. And um, I believe that my disability, so to speak, um, has actually become one of my, my best business assets, to be honest with you. Um, but, but anyway, you know, anytime I'm in a rut uh, or things are going wrong, I think back to that time and, and those people that never thought I would amount to anything. And, and that really kind of motivates me to, to prove them all wrong, to be honest with you. Yeah, I can imagine that's pretty, pretty good motivation. Um, <laughs> uh, I, it's, a, it's a heck of a story. And um, I, I want to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk through the the startup process, because you've taken this idea from, you know, the very, very beginnings that you've described to us, um, really turned it into a, a viable startup, and then beyond that into a very, very healthy, thriving business that's serving clients all over the world. Um, and I'd love for you to kind of walk us through that journey and, and share some of the things that you've, you've learned along the way. So we're going to be right back with more from Tom Vincent of Texas Coffee School. Hi, this is Steve. I hope you're enjoying this interview. We've got more to come in a minute, but what I'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast. Leave us a review, rate us on iTunes. It'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes, you can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's Steve Gordon, and I'm talking with Tom Vincent. He is the founder of Texas Coffee School. And as you heard in the beginning of the interview, uh, he went through quite a path to finding and then growing what he now uh, what he now calls Texas Coffee School and their coffeepreneur program. So, Tom, uh, you've had this tremendous sort of startup experience um, as you've grown this business. 
tell us a little bit about, you know, what that process was like. So I think where you kind of left off was you had, uh, you were having these weekend classes. Now you've got this entire facility. People fly in from all over the world. Um, you're really well known for producing very successful businesses in an industry where, from what I understand, it's not a slam dunk to be successful. So how, tell yeah. us a little bit about the evolution of, of the school and of the idea and how you've gone through the startup process. Yeah. So, I mean, now we, we've got, uh, I mean, our, a full, you know, good size facility, you know, with multiple, you know, espresso machines and, and all of that. And, uh, um, pretty, you know, pretty sold out classes. Our, our classes have sold out every single month, uh, for gosh, I can't even, count how many months in a row now but um you know in any case you know what i can tell you is is that it's interesting because you know you touched on something that, that's really important you know that this this business necessarily or isn't necessarily a a slam dunk right out of the gate and what i've found you know over the years is that you know so many people um get into the coffee business because it's a pretty low cost point of entry uh type of business comparatively to um, other businesses out there. And, um, it's a pretty high profit margin, um, kind of business as well. And, um, you know, we, we see people from all different walks of life. I mean, it's, it's a lot more folks from, um, just, just regular middle America, small town USA that are just looking to, um, bring something to their community and bring something in, um, for, for, their their town to kind of gather there and to to have you know a great coffee experience and and just a place to meet but um something that i, I like to kind of tell people you know when they're, they're starting this this business since i've seen so many different people with so many different reasons is just if you're gonna do this and you really want to be successful at this understand that like look anybody and their brother can teach you how to push some some buttons on an espresso machine and how to how to make make coffee awesome fantastic that that's great. That's a good starting point, but um, it, it's going to take more than that, you know. And you can go to any business school in America at this point, learn how to write a pretty pretty solid business plan, and you can listen to a lot of podcasts and read a lot of books um, on on opening, you know, businesses. But what I find is there, there's two kind of groups of of folks or, or two silos. You know, there's people who are just you know all passion for their community. They're all passionate about coffee. They're all passionate about that. They love this. Um, but they don't always have the best business sense. And then on the other side, you, you have folks that are just, but they don't really have the passion. And, and the reality is if you want to be successful in this, you've got to have a healthy mix of both. Um, you can't come into this and, and be inauthentic because it, you can taste the difference between cooked for a profit and cooked with love. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if you're not keeping the control over your cost of goods and you're making really bad dis business decisions and you're running an inefficient business, you're, you're not going to survive. And so, you know, what we're teaching here is so much more than just making good coffee. You know, that that's about a third of it, but what we're also teaching um, is the mindset and the ecosystem for success. And so, what I really like to focus in on is first and foremost, just making sure that when people leave here, they know if this is right for them. I don't like to, you know, sugarcoat things and, and just say it's all unicorns and rainbows and everything's going to be fantastic. I just let them know, like, look, this is going to be a complete mental, emotional, physical, and financial beat down. So, um, and I speak from firsthand experience on that. <laughs> and um, I just say, make sure you actually love this. Um, 
if you're going to do it. I mean, because if you don't love this, you're not going to stay committed to this. You know, um, if money is your core motivating factor, you know, I, I hate to break it to you, but that's, it's going to be a while before you make some money. Um, you're going to need something more than being stimulated by, by money to, to want to make you get out of bed every single day, you know. Uh, and this is interesting. I've been doing this for about a decade now, and this is no, no exaggeration, no lie. I have never once in the decade of doing this hit snooze on my alarm clock once on a work day. Um, I love this. I'm passionate about this. I want to get out of bed every day and do this. And I tell people, if, if you don't genuinely love coffee and you don't genuinely love people, um, your odds for success are, are very low. For the, the same reason, I probably wouldn't go, go to a vegan. I don't think people would probably go to your coffee shop if you didn't love coffee, you know, so you got to love it. Um, but beyond that, you know, you really have to understand the numbers too. And you really have to understand um, how to, for instance, you know, just put the right valuation on the real estate that you're looking at and know, you know, if you have um, something that, that is your purpose, that is your why, that you're um, committed to, that, that's your cause, um, and you have a set of core values, you know, associated with this, um, and you've identified, you know, the people that are going to identify with what you care about too. When you're looking for, for real estate, you know, you're not just looking for a busy intersection. This is such a common mistake is people are just looking for the busiest intersection in town. And I say, great, that, that's a busy intersection. But what if it's all the wrong people driving by, you know, like if you have a whole bunch of people driving, don't want what you're doing, um, so what if it's a busy intersection? So what we're going to, well, what we do teach people is how to look at first and foremost, you know, like what is it that is your thing? Like what are you passionate about? What do you care about most? Ideally, that's not coffee related. And, you know, as Simon Sinek said, you know, your, your, your why, right? Or the idea of your purpose. And if you can tap into that and then build core values, and I call them the, these are the things that always have to be present in your business for it to always feel like why you're, you started this business in the first place. I tell people you need about seven core values, ideally, but no less than five that as you're going through this process, you know, you can um, essentially tap into these values for every decision that, that you have to make. You know, should I hire this person? Well, do they fit within your core values? Should I put this menu item on the menu board? Uh, does it fit within your core values? And, and so on. But once you have these core values, they become your, your, your company's compass, okay? And when you have this compass, it, it's very powerful because now you can say, all right, this is what I'm planting my flag in the ground and saying, this is what I believe in. This is what I care about. Um, if you just set out to sell a cup of coffee and you're just you're, like, you're not going to make it because that's everybody and their brother is doing that already. Like there's, if you go into most coffee shops, it's like 95% or so the same uh, menus, you know, the same user experience, the same thing. At the end of the day, who cares? You know, there's lots of coffee shops out there. You need to do something more than that. You need to be something that's unique, different, and special. And that is going to come from your core values. And those values, again, are based on your why, your purpose. So if you have this thing that you can plant your flag in the ground, say, this is who I am. This is what we believe in. Um, you have something powerful because now you can say, these are the people um, 
that care about this too. These, these are the audience that, that I'm speaking to. And now you can say, all right, well, where is there a large population of these people? You know, and it may not be where you currently live. It may be a town or two over, but who are they? And then once you've identified this, this target audience you, in, in this market that you're looking for, um, now you can go say, well, where's the most densely packed neighborhood of these people? And you can drop your business right there and not have to fight the good fight. And what I mean by that is, is and this is, really powerful, but you know, if you've taken the time to figure out who you are first um, and then who your customer is that identifies with you and you put your business where they live in fertile soil, um, the beauty of this is, is that every day when people walk through the front door, you're not going to have to convince them to like what you're into. They already get it. And when they already get it, they become, you know, your biggest champions and they're going to drive more business for you. But more, most importantly, you're fe feeling fulfilled um, from them coming through your front door and, and being excited about what you're doing and wanting to be a part of this uh, community, this movement, this lifestyle that, that you've created. And so when you're looking at this real estate and wanting to put this, this valuation on real estate, a lot of people... Um, just say, well, you know, that, that's a good price on this building in this market. And they don't realize that's totally irrelevant. It's only worth to you what it can potentially earn for your business. So we teach people how to take everything that I just said and then actually apply a mathematical formula to it where you look at what your specific market conditions are. Uh, and then from there, based on, you know, the amount of traffic in that area and some other things, um, okay, what is the earning potential on this building? How many transactions can I, you know, forecast for, for a day? And then based on that, you know, well, okay, what uh, can I actually afford towards rent based on that? What is this building worth to me at that point? How much can I expect, you know, for my cost of goods, my labor, uh, my marketing, and, 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 and so on, all the way down to the bottom line, like how much is left over? Um, and that's something that we really, you know, focus on is helping people understand the viability of their business. And then from there, how to just accumulate all the very specific uh, detailed, detailed out costs on all things like equipment, your build out and, and so on. And um, my biggest goal with this was, is look, you know, I didn't, I didn't go to some big fancy business school. Um, you know, I, I learned the hard way and I don't want um, other people to have to learn the, as hard of a way as I did. And so I said, you know, what would I want? Um, if I was, if when I was starting this business or what are all the things that, that I would have wanted help with and I tried to create that so when other people come here, um, they're able to leave here with a very clear and defined path, do this first, okay? And then while you're doing this, start thinking about this because this is coming down the line. And so um, it, it's really so just regular everyday people, um, doesn't matter what background they come from, are able to leave here and actually be able to do this. You know, I'm not one of these, these gurus or whatever that's out there. It's just like, give me your money. Here's my book. Um, have a great life. Like I really want people to actually go on and do this and disconnect from the rat race. So they don't have to be like my parents and so that they um, don't have to go through what, what I went through. I want them to be able to create their own freedom from, from the rat race. And realistically, you know, look, I, I love coffee. I'm passionate about it. It's one of my many uh, hobbies, but um, my purpose, my, my why is totally based um, around this table we have here in, in our school. It, it's a long uh, table made out of old barn wood and um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people have sat at this table 
um, on day one of our coffee business class and they have this uncertainty um, in their eyes when, when I meet them and, and you know, they're, they're usually at a transitional point. They either like me have lost their job or um, you know, have, have gone through some, something major in their life, like a, a divorce or, you know, um, even the loss of a child or, or, or something else that, that's horrible like that. And they look to us as honestly, is, is their hope. Maybe this is something that, that, will get me to, to someplace happier in life. And, and I take that responsibility very seriously because um, maybe we are their only shot at this. And so when they come here, you know, and, and we're able to send them out into the world, it's amazing to catch up with these people, you know, two, three, four, seven years later. Um, in fact, my wife and I did a, a little uh, road trip around the South Central region of the country going to different coffee shops that exist as a result of this program. Um, and catching up with these, these these coffee shop owners later and seeing that uncertainty in their eyes replaced with real joy, like genuine joy and happiness and meeting their families and seeing how happy they are as a result is, is of what's learned here. And the thing I really wasn't ready for, though, was meeting their customers and seeing how happy they were, too, as a result of what was learned here um, in our program. And so you know, th this whole thing is, to me is, is so fulfilling and so rewarding knowing that we're helping people disconnect from the rat race and creating their own freedom um, from this, this corporate ball and chain through something I happen to be very passionate about, which is, which is coffee. Well, I, a couple of, of takeaways as I listen to that. Um, and I see this come up again and again and again. It is, it is one of the great dividers between successful businesses and those that tend to sort of perennially struggle. And you did it in your own business and you're teaching all of the, the coffee shop owners to do it as well. And, and that's the idea of really getting clear on who you want to be a hero for, who your ideal client is, you know, clearly in, in your business, it, it's kind of obvious, right? Who, who that is um, because of the name of, of the business. But, you know, there are a lot of people listening to this who are doing essentially the same thing that you're doing, just not focused in any way. Yeah. Do it for the, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker and the coffee shop owner. And, yeah. And that makes it infinitely harder to get any kind of traction because none of those people wake up in the morning and recognize that, that business as being for them. But when you're the Texas coffee school and, uh, and you know, you wake up in the morning and you own a coffee shop that isn't doing as well as it could. And you hear about the Texas coffee school, that's for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it, you, you simplify the, the decision-making process for, the, the future client. And, um, and that's a secret to, to creating speed and momentum in, in any business. Um, and I love that, that you did that. But more importantly, now, you've taken that same concept, whether you thought about it or not, and you're translating that to, um, you know, to these, these coffee shop owners, it looks different. So it's, you know, it's, I think it, what a lot of people don't understand is this whole idea of niching, a lot of people want to think of it in terms of an industry vertical, which is what you've done with your business, but it's not, it's, it's 
how, how are you going to craft a, a dividing line around the group of people that you're going to be a hero to that separates them that they will recognize as, Hey, I'm part of this separate and distinct group. And it sounds like you're going through that thinking process. You might describe it a little bit differently, but you're going through that thinking process with these business owners, which means they're already going to have an advantage built in that one single decision is going to give them such a huge advantage. I love that you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of folks out there, just, they're trying to be all things to all people. And, you know, I, and this is something that, that I've debated over uh, a number of beers before a number of times, but you know, it, it's, um, you know, a lot of people are always saying, you know, like, well, this business is and, and this, this may make people that are listening to this even think, all right, this guy's, this guy's kind of out of his mind if they haven't already started thinking that because I own a coffee school. Um, but you know, this business isn't your customer's business. This is your business. This is the bed that you have to sleep in every single night. And this is, you have to live with this and this is your thing. And you have to be happy first if you want anyone else to be happy. Um, and so obviously that, that could be pretty uh, polarizing thing, but you know, what I've found is, is that you know, if you try to be all things to all people versus everything to the right people, to your people, um, the, the best analogy I can use is it's like here in Texas, like going to a, a Chinese restaurant, right? Because a Chinese restaurant in Texas <laughs> is Chinese food, it's Thai food, it's Vietnamese food, it's Korean food, and it's this, this menu that's like 432 uh, pages long practically. And um, they don't do one thing very well. They do a lot of things in a pretty mediocre kind of way. And so, you know, what I, what I tell people is, is, you know, if, if you don't love this, you know, or, or if you don't know specifically what it is that you want to focus on or that you love, like don't continue until you can figure that out. Um, don't try to be all things to all people, you know, focus in on what it is that you love most here and what it is that you're most passionate about, what you care about most and do that, do it really well, do it better than anybody else and own it. Um, and then it'll be amazing because then the folks that uh, are into that too are going to seek you out and you're going to be everything to them and they're going to open their wallets and hand you their money and you're going to make more money as a result uh, of being authentic and being passionate about that thing rather than just trying to sell people, you know, the same old stuff that everybody else is. Well, I, and I think it even goes, I think it goes deeper than that. Um, as you're designing your business, so many people start with what's the, what's the thing that I'm selling and I'm in that business. And, you know, so in your case, it would be very easy for, someone who's coming to you, whether they've got a, a coffee shop or they want to start one and say, well, I'm, I'm in the business of, of selling coffee and anybody can buy coffee, right? Um, and the, the twist on that that I think is important is, okay, start with the fact that you're passionate about, about in this case, you know, coffee and, and everything, the whole lifestyle around it and all of that. And then decide, make a very, a very important and a very um, intentional decision about who am I going to do that for? And, and that I think gets based on a couple of things. I'd love to hear your take on this because I know you, you're taking 
people through this thinking process all the time, but I, I, I see it as being based on two things. Number one, your unique point of view about how the thing that you're doing should be done. So, you know, in your case, you've got an opinion about how coffee should be made, how customers of a coffee shop should be treated, how that, that business should serve its customers. And that unique point of view is, you know, it's going to be different and set you and the people who, who train with you apart in their marketplace. Um, and, and so kind of infusing the business idea going beyond, well, this is what we sell and infusing your point of view into it, I think helps you get to that differentiation and then picking the people you want to do it for. Like identifying the people who would value that point of view is then yeah. the next extension. And I think when you put all those things together, it you now have a business that almost can't fail. Yeah, you know, so when I meet people, and I'm not saying this is everyone, but a good chunk of folks, you know, when they come in here day one of our of our three-day coffee business class, our coffeepreneur, you know, startup program, you know, people will say, Tom, I, I want to open a coffee shop. And I go, great, fantastic. There's lots of those already. Um, why do we need another one? Um, tell me what's going to be unique, different, and special about this business. And they're just like, well, Tom, you know, we're going to get, you know, the best espresso machine, the best coffee beans, the, the you know, best uh, architect to do the most beautiful interior design. In fact, we're going to get the hippest hipsters with the tightest pants and the most insane <laughs> Um, mustaches pouring the most beautiful latte art you've ever seen. And that's what makes us special. And I'm like, really? Okay. So why couldn't I go right next door to you, get the same espresso machine, same coffee beans, um, get the same architect and get hipsters with tighter pants and tell me now, why is this business special? And they kind of look at me and they're just like, well, um, and, and they, they can't answer it. And you know, it kind of goes back to, I mean, Simon Sinek really said it the best, you know, it's like how you do what you do doesn't make you special because people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. Um, and I, I tell people, you know, like if your purpose again is for making money, like don't think of it in those terms. Think about just what gives you the most fulfillment and make money from that aspect uh, of it. And if you can focus in uh, on that, um, because if you're not authentic and you're not walking the walk, especially in this business, um, it's going to be very obvious. Um, and the reason I say that, so there was a, a pretty large scale study conducted um, in the specialty coffee world uh, about the specialty coffee consumer. And they asked the consumer about all sorts of things, things like, why do you choose one shop uh, over another? Why do you return? Uh, by the way, the answer why they chose one shop over another uh, wasn't, you know, convenience or, or, um, anything like that. It was, it was quality of coffee, by the way. Um, and number one reason they returned um, was consistency uh, of the user experience. But um, they recorded all these interviews and it was really fascinating because um, I mean, this was a lot of people that were, were studied. And the number one word that came up in every interview, they had this computer go back and pull them out. And you would think it would be the word coffee, but, but it wasn't. It was the word love. Um, and when I tell people this, you know, it's like, guys, you're not in the, the, the coffee business. You're in the selling something people love business and you happen to have great coffee too. Um, but having great coffee is the most basic and obvious need. Like you're in the coffee business. Of course, you should have excellent coffee. You should have the best coffee on the planet. Um, but that isn't enough to make you unique, different, or special. You have to be able to 
communicate, you know, what is it that is your singular thing that is the flag that you're planting in the ground that makes you different than, than the gajillions of other coffee shops. And some folks like, well, Tom, you know, like I'm in a, in an area where there isn't a coffee shop, you know, right now. So, you know, no, there's no competition. I go, great. But do, do you think it's going to stay that way once you prove there's a market for it? Like your playbook's wide open. And if you're leading with all your tricks and shiny objects um, and everybody can see that pretty blatantly, well, who's to say they won't just go get newer tricks and shiny objects, the newer espresso machine, the newer, you know, coffee brewers and, and cooler and newer, you know, in, interior design. Like none of that stuff's going to anchor people for a long period of time. Uh, what will anchor people is being a part of something that's bigger than just, just cups of coffee. Um, feeling like they're in a place where they belong, where, where they feel like they are, um, contributing to something and that they, you know, are valued um, more than just from a transaction. Yeah, I think um, that's fantastic advice. I, I have to tell you, I, I, I've sort of, as I do these interviews, I listen and I sort of make mental notes and, and um, this is probably one of, I think the most powerful interviews that we've done because you've shared some, some really important ideas in all of this. So I encourage everybody that's listening, I don't care what business you're in, you need to go back and, and listen to this again, because some of the, the things that, that Tom is sharing will apply no matter what business you're in. So um, Tom, I know we're way over time and I've, I've imposed upon you today, but, uh, but it was a good conversation. And before we wrap up, I want to give you an opportunity to let everybody know, um, first, um, where they can get in touch with you if they want to reach out and find out more. You've got a great website, fantastic resource. And, um, and also, um, I'd like for you to share kind of who you tend to work with. I know there are a couple of types of people that, that fit in that category. So yeah. first, where, where can people find you? Yeah, just texascoffeeschool.com, all spelled out um, uh, is our website. And um, our, uh, we're also on, on Instagram and, and um, Facebook and just Texas coffee school. You'll, you'll find it. Um, but, um, yeah, so our, our main three audiences, not main three, our three audiences are obviously, uh, as we touched on the coffeepreneurs, the folks who are, um, looking to open, uh, a, a coffee shop business, but also, um, we do, um, professional barista training and development and advanced, uh, training. If you, um, are working in a coffee shop, um, or if you own a coffee shop, and want to send your staff or uh, your managers uh, to be trained and get dialed in, not just on making awesome coffee, but how to do the other things too. Things like uh, upselling, things how to de-escalate, you know, an upset customer, you know, that level of stuff as well on top of making the best coffee on planet earth. Um, <laughs> and then beyond that, um, we also have classes for consumers uh, who are looking just for to make better coffee at home and who are um, just curious uh, about learning more. In fact, we, we still do uh, a coffee cupping every single month. And it's something that, you know, I open up to the public and it's something that I'm, I'm really adamant that we always do since that's how I discovered coffee. Um, I like to, that to be our, our pay it forward. So hopefully maybe somebody else will come through one of our coffee cuppings and we'll go on to do something else great in, in the coffee world. Excellent. Well, uh, you truly are uh, the epitome of an unstoppable CEO. Um, when we kind of coined that phrase, it was it was to describe people who have gone through the kind of of uh, struggle and growth and 
um, and, and just didn't quit um, and kept pushing forward and believed in an idea. Um, and, and you really are the, the personification of that. And so I thank you for being that. I thank you for being here and for sharing some wisdom with us today. It's been a great investment of a little bit under an hour together. And, and uh, I'm glad we had a chance to do it. Steve, I'm really appreciative. Thank you so much for having me. This episode of the Unstoppable CEO podcast is sponsored by the Unstoppable Agency. That is the agency part of our business where we work with professional service firms and create a done-for-you marketing program. And what that looks like is we actually sit down with you. We come together and define your ideal client with you. We go build a list of those people, and then we begin reaching out to them on your behalf to book them as guests on your podcast. We call it podcast prospecting, and it's a fantastic fantastic way to connect with potential clients and influencers that can refer you. And it's end-to-end a done-for-you system. And so if that's something that you think might be the right fit for your business, go to our website, go to unstoppableceo.net. You can uh, find there on the homepage a link to a video presentation that explains how it all works. And if you'd like, let's get together and have a quick 20-minute conversation and see if we're a fit. Again, that's at unstoppableceo.net. Right on the homepage, look for a link to the video that explains how it all works.